diary or an audio blog. Essentially, my husband and I are moving to Germany and I want to keep my family and friends in the loop while that's happening, but also just the, the lead up to it what we've been up to, what our lives look like now that we're married, as well as the mental health things that I've been going through recently that I really haven't shared on social media at all, (laughs) except for like one post that was kind of briefly mentioning it. But I kind of want to share and keep people updated, partially because it's difficult to update everyone individually, and partially because I know that It has helped me seeing other people who are going through the same thing be honest and open about it on the internet. (laughs) It just makes me feel like less alone and that also there's, I don't know how to phrase this, but like light at the end of the tunnel essentially, like it doesn't have to be bad all the time just because I have a specific diagnosis or a specific issue that I'm struggling with. It doesn't mean that I'll always struggle with it if that makes any sense. It's nice seeing people live a normal life, even with mental illness. (laughs) So fair warning, I'm going to be pretty honest about some very difficult times, and I don't want anyone who is currently struggling to be shocked or surprised by the things I'm going to share. If you need to mentally prepare for these things or potentially just not listen to this episode, I just want to make sure that I'm being as forthright (laughs) as possible at the beginning of this episode. So a lot of it will be hard to listen to. A lot of it will be hard for me to speak, (laughs) to share aloud for the first time in its entirety. Entirety? Entirety? Words are hard. So all that said, this episode will be about mental illness. Prepare yourself however you see fit. (laughs) So I think most of the people who will be listening to this are friends and family. Again, this is specifically meant to keep people updated. (laughs) More of like a blog style podcast than anything else. So I'm not super worried about strangers listening, I guess. And more focused on keeping my my friends and family updated through life. (laughs) Especially since there's so much changing recently in life. So I think most of you will not be shocked to hear that I have struggled with my mental health for a long time. I don't want to get too much into the details of how or why right now, but but it has been an ongoing thing for me. I'm going to make this part two, even though I'm releasing it first. I'm gonna pull a George Lucas <laughs> and start at the end and work my way back. And the reason I want to do this is because the part one of the story is harder to talk about. And so I want to kind of set the stage for where I ended up before I start talking about how I ended up there. Part two starts in November. I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. And not that it was entirely shocking because once I started doing research and understanding bipolar 2, it made a lot of sense, but I had never really thought about it before a doctor told me. So just hearing those words just was really, it was really difficult to wrap my head around. And honestly, like, I've known that I was depressed for most of my life. I've struggled with anxiety as well. And so it took me until I was about 23, 24 to admit out loud that I was depressed. And I've been depressed since I was like in middle school. So to have a completely new diagnosis, to have completely new words to describe what I'm going through and what's happening in my head, was just really jarring and honestly I didn't have a ton of time to 
wrap my brain around it because I had to really jump into a lot of care all at once <laughs> with this new diagnosis. And so I don't want to harp on this particular point, but I, I do want to say that like even admitting out loud in a semi-public way that I have bipolar disorder is extremely unfun for me still. I mean, it's been what, like four months, three months, and I'm not used to it. But it also like comes with so much stigma, just the words. And I know that it shouldn't. And I know that it doesn't change who I am. And like, I've had to continually be reminded by friends and family that just because there are new words to describe who I am or what I'm going through doesn't mean that I'm different. And that's just been really hard for me um, because it does feel different. It does feel heavier. It does feel like more people are going to judge me. More people are going to have different opinions of me because of it. Even though I haven't changed as a person, I feel like it changes the way people will see or interact with me. And that's been one of the hardest parts other than other than just dealing with the symptoms and the side effects of taking care of myself through this. It's been one of the harder points because I want to talk about it and I want to be open about it because I kind of fell off the face of the earth in November. So I, I want to be open and honest about why that happened in my life, but it's also just really difficult to discuss. I, I don't really have the right words to to talk about it yet, and I'm still wrapping my head around it, so it's hard to explain it to other people. But that said, I encourage you to do your own research and understand bipolar if you care to. From my research and from my understanding, I have bipolar 2 disorder, which that's not I didn't choose that. <laughs> um, that was a diagnosis that I got from a doctor and a psychiatrist. But from my understanding of bipolar 2 and my research, it's essentially depressive episodes with sparks of hypomanic episodes. So instead of something that is more extremely manic and then like depressive episodes every once in a while, it's almost the opposite. It's mostly depressive episodes with sparks here and there of hypomanic I keep using the word sparks, but it kind of feels that way, I guess, when you're experiencing it. It feels like a spark of energy. So for those who don't know or haven't ever heard these terms before, hypomanic and manic is essentially a high. So with bipolar, you have the lows, which is the depressive episodes. And I think most people understand depression at least a little bit, whereas the highs are hypomanic or manic. So with bipolar 1, um, you have manic episodes and they can be different levels of severity, but it can get as bad as like psychosis, seeing things, hearing things, believing things that aren't true about yourself, thinking that you're the best person in the room, thinking that like you're superhuman, thinking that you are the best version of yourself and have a really high opinion of yourself. And then you swing into a depressive episode and then essentially believe the opposite. Hypomanic is a little bit more subtle than that, so it doesn't come with the psychosis and it doesn't necessarily go to the extremes of, you know, believing you're superhuman or hearing things or seeing things that aren't happening. It's more of like what I always thought was like my productive self, my hardworking self. So the moments in my life where I've been really on, where I'm working 15 hours a day and I'm focused and I'm, I think that I'm really great at something or I am trying a bunch of new things or I'm being extremely social, which is interesting because when I first found out about this, I, 
I had a hard time accepting the hypomanic episodes because in my head, it feels like the better version of much better, at least than being depressed and stuck in bed. And so I had a hard time trusting my brain. I had a hard time trusting these episodes because it, it, (laughs) I don't know how to phrase this in a way, but like, it feels positive. Like I feel good. I feel like I'm doing my best. I'm being my best self. I feel good when I walk into a room. I feel confident with social situations. Like I'm more productive at work. I'm more present. <laughs> and I think the the hard part with it is that it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It's not inherently bad. It can get bad if you start believing things or acting on things that aren't actually happening, that aren't based in reality. It also comes for me at least, it comes with a lot of insomnia. So my brain is spinning so fast I can't sleep. That also can be really difficult (laughs) whenever I'm sleeping two or three hours a night for a week. It gets to the point where I'm just not well (laughs) mentally or physically. So that can be really detrimental, but it is hard to gauge when I'm feeling good if I'm just in a good mood or if I'm experiencing a hypomanic episode. And that's, I think it gets difficult for me to admit or wrap my head around the, the hypomania because like so many things that I like about myself now fall into a list of symptoms and I don't know that <laughs> it's just kind of it feels unfair in a lot of ways because it feels like I'm not I'm not actually a person with a personality it feels like I am a person with bipolar disorder and a list of symptoms that have made me who I am as opposed to just me being who I am. If I know that doesn't make any sense right now. All that to say, the diagnosis in November was really difficult to swallow and has continued to be really difficult as I kind of sort through the past and the present and figure out what's going on in my brain and understanding that like, I didn't choose bipolar disorder. It's literally genetic and there's nothing I could have done to stop it or start it. (laughs) It just is. And that it's okay to have symptoms or side effects of a disorder that I literally didn't choose. But it does feel a little debilitating because it feels out of my control. I know this is silly, but like with being depressed, it's like, well, I could always try harder. I could always do more. And that's not even true, but there's like some element of that in the back of my head whereas with bipolar it just feels like there's no escaping it like you don't like outgrow bipolar where like you can over time treat depression and you kind of it can come in waves and like you don't always have to be depressed but with bipolar like you can manage the the symptoms you can manage the episodes but like if you have bipolar disorder from what I understand of it you always have it it's not just something that goes away that also feels really debilitating but it hasn't just been the the diagnosis on top of actually wrapping my head around the words, trying to figure out what I'm experiencing and when and how to handle that is its own beast. And I've been using medication to help with that. So the long and short of it is that I started on antidepressants in January of 2021. My antidepressants were not working, hence getting a new diagnosis in November. And then I started on mood stabilizers, which are commonly used for bipolar disorder. I also had a long list of 
sleep medication and then a sleep medication that made me shake. Um, it's called drug induced Parkinsonism. It's absolutely terrifying, but I was taking a sleep medication because of the insomnia and then started shaking really like tremors, like hand tremors. And so then I had to take another medication to stop the side effects of that medication. (laughs) And now I'm on a new sleep medication, which thankfully doesn't give me tremors. So I don't have to take that other medication. It's just been a long, long few months of trial and error with drugs and I don't love it but it's also it's given me a little bit of an insight of what I could experience if once everything is balanced so right now I'm on mood stabilizers and I'm still on antidepressant and I recently decided to wean off of the antidepressant because I don't necessarily need it every brain is a little bit different but from what doctors know antidepressants are not good for people who have bipolar disorder. So I've been slowly taking that dosage down until hopefully in like March of sometime mid-March, I can be completely off of it and just have my mood stabilizers and then sleep medication for when my insomnia picks up. But all that said, I hate (laughs) hate being locked into so many medications. It really stresses me out. It stresses me out that I'm going to forget. It stresses me out that it's doing things to my body or my brain that I don't have control over. I think it's also difficult because like it took me years and years and years of thinking about and considering starting antidepressants. And then I did. And starting on that medication, thinking it's genuinely going to help me, realizing that it's not getting a new diagnosis and then going from maybe I could take antidepressants to now I'm on antidepressants and a mood stabilizer and multiple sleep medications and it just was like zero to 100 within like two weeks a really hard two weeks and so again just like the adjustment of now it's not maybe medication could help me it's potentially now I have to be on medication for the rest of my life for this and I hate that (laughs) I hate the dependency I hate that my brain can't just be normal that I can't even do normal things like being happy and being well adjusted and sleeping without the help of medication it just feels very it makes me feel weak like the long and short of it but anyway so Obviously, this has been really difficult for me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around so much of what's been happening, how this is going to change things moving forward, and genuinely, like, how I feel about it, because I've been working so hard at understanding the logistics of it that a lot of the feelings haven't really caught up. I haven't really spent the time in my feelings to really feel out everything that's happened in the last few months. It's been a lot more about, okay, this is this is what I'm thinking and not like this is what I'm feeling, if that makes sense. But while this has been really hard on me, the hardest part by far has been watching how it impacts my friends and family and especially my husband. I don't think people realize how much Brian has done for me in the last few months. I mean, like he's always been extremely kind and understanding. He does his best to be patient and ask questions and listen when I tell him what's going on in my head, even if it doesn't make sense. (laughs) And I don't think people realize like how much I've had to lean on him and how incredibly patient and kind he has been through this experience. It hasn't been easy around here. (laughs) 
there's a lot of guilt that comes with that as well because in the back of my mind I'm always wondering like is this going to be too much like is this going to be the breaking point that he just can't put up with this and he's never made me feel that way he constantly is reminding me that I didn't choose this and I know that but he also didn't choose it and so it's anyway it's it it just comes with so much because it doesn't this doesn't just impact me it impacts everyone around me or at least that's the way it feels and that's been the hardest part is not knowing how to support people as they're supporting me (laughs) I don't know the the right things to do or to say to make it better because I'm also struggling and so it's a weird dynamic for sure and I'm still learning how to how to navigate that and not have to feel guilty about it because I know that the people who love me don't want me to feel guilty about it but I still do. Anyway, by far the hardest, the hardest portion of this has been navigating those dynamics. Obviously, I'm still learning a lot about bipolar disorder, how it impacts me specifically, and how I want to move forward with a treatment plan and medication and all of that fun stuff. But I do have a really incredible support system, as I mentioned, friends and family who really have been patient with me and understanding as I have gone through a lot of these changes and especially with medication side effects that just make me groggy and tired and then also experience insomnia and awake for a week and it just means so much to me to have that that level of support because I know not everyone has that consistent support and love so all that said this is part two of bipolar disorder (laughs) of my bipolar diagnosis. Part one will be coming shortly and it's going to be more about the events that led up to my diagnosis, how that happened, how I ended up at the doctor, and the entire like couple of weeks of being diagnosed and all of the appointments and all of that stuff. I know that this is not like super crazy uplifting, but I'm going to continue to share like as life gets more exciting <laughs> as we're traveling around Europe and different stories and hijinks that we find ourselves in. But I did want to start here because I do feel like I haven't really been as open about this as I wanted to be. And the last thing I'll say is that if you are struggling with your mental health, I'm going to leave some resources in the show notes of this podcast and you can check them out. All of them are free resources. Know that you don't have to go through this alone. It can feel that way sometimes, but it's it's not true. There are people all over the place that are willing and able to give you the support that you want and that you need. Mm-hmm.